You know, I wanted to address something today that I've been thinking about for a while, but, you know, so many times maybe you don't know where I'm coming from and and, uh, what the basis of all the things that I say are coming from. And so I wanted to lay a foundation in that respect just to to clarify some things. Uh, For one thing, I'm talking from a born-again, spirit-filled revelation, I guess, or... uh, having invited Jesus Christ into my life uh, almost 50 years ago and having walked with him. So when I say the Lord said to me or said this or said that, it's the impression that I get. It sometimes comes in words, sometimes comes in uh, just a, a, an inner knowing. But um, it's, a, it's a relationship that I've developed over the years with Jesus. And it all started one day when I was at home reading a book I had believed in the Lord. I believed that He was Christ, the Son of the Living God. I had, I had learned that in the prayer books of the denominational church that I was raised in, and um, so when I saw the, in this book where He's talking about a power, this man was talking about having power in your life. I was attracted to that, and I wanted that power in my life, and so I invited Jesus Christ into my life. So when we when we talk about things. I'm talking from that perspective. That paradigm is is what I have based on the Bible. I immediately started reading the Bible, and actually, it was funny because I would I was a housewife with three young kids, and I was uh, I would find myself in the middle of the kitchen floor with wash piled all around me, and and I couldn't put the Bible down. I was so interested in it, and all I had was a little uh, um, uh, paperback good news Bible that someone had knocked on the door and handed us. And I was, once I had invited Christ into my life, the Holy Spirit started opening my eyes to things in the Bible. And I I tell you, I was just amazed at the answers, life's answers, the answers to life that were in the Bible. I was so amazed. And if I encourage you that if you've not been in practice of reading the Bible much to get a, a, a version that is simpler and more modern day. And uh, I had that that one, the Good News Bible. And then that was like in March of 1972. And um, my husband got me a living Bible, was the new Bible that came out for Mother's Day that year. And I started reading it. And I just was an avid reader of the Bible. And it answered so many questions. And then my walk with God was based out of drawing things from the scriptures. So uh, that's why when I, last week we talked about Lazarus uh, being raised from the dead and that God gave me that that one line, if you believe, you shall see the glory. And um, that's the way my relationship with God has gone, is just to ask him questions. In fact, in those days, I would write down my questions and, and then start reading in the Proverbs because the Proverbs are there to solve mysteries and riddles. And uh, so go search the Proverbs for the answers to questions. But write down your questions because sometimes we don't even know what our question is. We don't even know what we should be asking for. <laughs> and so it's important that we uh, clarify things. When you're dealing with the Lord, you want to make sure that you uh, are clarifying. And it's okay to ask Him questions. He wants to answer your questions. And so, um, but the, the one thing is, you know, you're telling people they need to be saved. Uh, why do you need to have that same experience I did? Because <clears throat> we're all born in sin. 
<coughs> excuse me. So it's like, why do I need to be saved? Why do I need a savior from what? Well, the thing is, is that God does not mix the, the, um, the dark and the light. He separates them out. And so, <coughs> excuse me, if we, uh, if we don't separate ourselves out by choosing to walk in his word, then we get, uh, we get attached to the darkness. The darkness can have a pull on it to, to keep us in bondage. But in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And then, so we're made in the image of God. Well, then in Genesis chapter three came the fall of man. And <clears throat> I'm not going to go into detail about these things uh, because it would, I would, I get off on rabbit trails and it would take too long. But just to know that if you go read Genesis 1, we're made in the image of God, which means we're holy and uh, we're uh, sanctified because we're made in his image. Well, then the, the serpent comes into the garden in Genesis chapter 3 <clears throat> and gets the woman to listen to his words over God's word. And the fall of man came and it was a great earth shaking thing. It affected the entire universe and earth and all of mankind. And the seed of man at that time, Adam's seed where he reproduced, got corrupted. That seed got corrupted. And so um, uh, even babies are born off of a corrupted seed. And so that's why from that point on, we needed a savior because we are no longer in the image of God. Our image has been shattered. The image of God in us has been shattered. And so that's why you need to get saved because even the sweetest little baby needs to get saved. Although when I say that, I say that knowing that the, at the cross, when Jesus Christ was pierced through for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities, uh, then babies were covered in that up until the age of accountability where a person can understand, where you can reason with them and they can understand and they could choose uh, right or wrong on the, for themselves. And so um, we were made in the image of God. The fall came because of deception. The man, the, the, the serpent, the, the serpent deceived the woman. She fed the man from what she, from that. And then the, the great fall came and they were all put out of the garden. And so the years go by and through all these years, God is saying, there's one coming. There's one coming. There's one coming. He's prophesying his son uh, to come in and be the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. And uh, Jesus comes and then, and then he bears our sin, sickness and disease in his body at the cross. The cross is a major event of any of the ages. And uh, he um, takes every sin, sickness and disease into his own body and bears that for us. And, you, you know, there's a place in there where it talks about darkness covered the earth at that time. It was 12 o'clock noon, and yet it got really, really dark. And I think that's when God turned his head away from Jesus. He turned his back on him. And uh, that was the wrath of God being poured out on Christ in our behalf. And so we didn't have to take that wrath into us. So when people talk about judgment and wrath, it's not meant for the believers for those who have been born again, 
because you're saying Jesus took that for me and I'm allowing that to be uh, anything I deserved. He took that for me. That's that's what our great salvation is. And in our great salvation, uh, in John chapter three, Jesus had a talk with Nicodemus, a man uh, was a Pharisee and and he told him that you have to be born again. You can't even see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. And what I want you to understand is there are two parallel kingdoms working. There's a kingdom of this world system that Satan has networked over the earth. And then there's the kingdom of God that overlays that. And so Nicodemus came to see Jesus because he knew that something special about him. And Jesus talks to him about the kingdom and that um, unless you're born again, you can't see it, you can't enter it. You have to be born again to see the kingdom and enter it. And we want to talk about the kingdom next time that we get together. But I just wanted to lay a foundation that we're made in the image of God. Uh, the, the image was shattered in the fall of man because they oh, disobeyed the, the words of God and obeyed the words of the enemy. And so the seed of Adam was corrupted. So every man born after after that was born off of a corrupted seed and the sin of the gener- that, that sin was embedded in that seed. So everything it reproduces is corrupted also. So even the smallest child needs to be born again. Although, like I said, for children and people that are uh, under the age of accountability, uh, maybe they mentally uh, don't don't function well, or they are under the age of accountability to make a choice. They're not they're not reasonable to make a choice on their own. Jesus took that. He was pierced through for our transgressions. A transgression is a willful disobedience, but he was crushed for our iniquities, which is the iniquity comes out of that corrupted seed. So people that are born and they don't have the ability to choose right or wrong for some reason or another, they are covered in the blood at the cross. And um, that's in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. He was pierced through for our transgressions. When they pierced the side of Jesus and the blood and the water ran out, then that was for transgression. A transgression, like I said, is a willful disobedience. But he was crushed for our iniquities, which is that corrupted seed, the, the things that come out of that corrupted seed. And so that's why everybody needs to receive Christ, because Jesus said uh, he then then Jesus comes and he's born of a virgin. That's another thing that's very important uh, that that Jesus was born of a virgin. Why is that so important? Because he was not born like all the rest of us out of that corrupted seed. The seed that Jesus was born out of comes from came from God himself. Mary was a virgin and received the, the word of the Holy Spirit into her being, which formed a baby. And Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. Uh, we were in a church many years ago, and the pastor didn't seem to think that was important. And uh, many of us said it is. He, he, he just came. We were doing a... We were doing a Sunday night meeting on the life of Christ. And the first night he said, you know, some say he's born of a virgin. Some say he's not. I don't think it's an important issue. Well, yes, it's an important issue. If Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, we don't have a salvation because 
He said, no man comes to the Father but through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. His seed that he was born out of was pure. It was of the Holy Spirit, and it was pure. You know there's going to come a day in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that our works will be burned up. Anything that's not done by the Spirit of God will burn up. So, you know, so you, you want to make sure you do more by the Spirit and less by the flesh, less by the soul of man, less by your own ideas and your own thoughts that you wait and hear from the Holy Ghost. But the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin is very important. The fact that all of us are born in sin. D David said, I was born in sin from my mother's womb. That, that we were born in sin, then we all need a savior. And then God has a place for the devil and his demons. And then anybody that's attached to that will go there too. And that's a place called hell. And uh, I, I personally think that it should be studied. Hell should be studied because uh, for me personally, I live a very blessed life. And uh, I, I forget sometimes what some people are going to be faced with when you consider the fires of hell for eternity that's pretty serious and it's we talk about eternal life a lot of times it's not it's not the eternal part any soul that anybody that's born and when one's life comes to that egg and that seed once that happens that's eternal it's where they spend eternity is it eternal death eternal hell or eternal life. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So are, the, are, uh, are these people going to spend eternity in hell or eternity with life? But they're going to be eternal no matter what. So it's, that's the eternal is not the key word. Life or death or hell is the key word. And so we're made in the image of God. We fell in the garden. Jesus Christ was brought forth. God established a blessing and a curse in Deuteronomy 28 upon the earth. Uh, the, the corrupted seed just attracts that curse to it. Um, then Jesus comes on the scene. He's born of a virgin, which is very necessary. The church people sometimes would like to get rid of that and think it's not necessary. It is very necessary that that not be taken out of there. That he, He's born of a virgin. And then he was crucified, dead, and buried at the cross. And, um, and took all of our sin sickness. You know, he absorbed sin sickness and disease into his body like a sponge absorbs water. A dry sponge absorbs water. And then he's resurrected from the dead. And now the Christ that we believe in is not the little baby in Mary's arms. The Christ that we believe in is a conquering hero. And he is uh, the, the um, resurrected Christ. He's been through death, hell, and the grave, and he's the resurrected Christ. That's who we invite into our life, and he brings in that resurrection power. And I, I just want you to know he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one is going to come to the Father except that channel through Christ, through that anointing, through that passageway. And Jesus invites all of us to receive him as our Savior. And the thing I want you to know what I'm talking out of is, is 45 to 50 years of walking with him, trusting him, uh, wrestling things out with him. You know, I've, I've been known to say, 
Sometimes, Lord, you're not looking real good to me right now. <laughs> it looks like you're doing this on purpose. And sometimes, and, uh, and you know, just, but I know when all is said and done, you're going to be right and I'm going to be wrong. So I, I did learn not to, not to get mad at him anymore. But sometimes you just get mad. You have to forgive God for what you think he did. And so, um, but it's a relationship. It's a marriage. It's a relationship. And I just would not have wanted to live these last years without him. I, I, to be honest with you, you know what I was scripted to do? I was, uh, you know, train up a child on the way he should go. I would have been an alcoholic and possibly committed suicide. That would have been my future without Christ. And so, you know, everybody has different, they were on different pathways. That was mine. Suicide was in my family and um, alcoholism was a big part of my family. So as, as a young girl, I thought if I, when I got to smoke and drink, I was a grown up, and I was, that was the greatest thing going. And so um, it, the Lord has led me out of all of that, and he is my counselor, my comforter, the one who walks along beside me, the Holy Spirit. And I just encourage that for you too, just to know that we need a Savior. Jesus is the Savior. And I'll close off by saying this. The, we have these little cards here about the names of God. The names of God that are released in the Old Testament, there's lots of them, but there's about seven on this page. and uh, Or maybe eight, two, four, six, eight. Yeah. Um, this is what he wants to be in our lives. And the first three have to do with everyday uh, care. He wants to be the Lord who provides for us, Jehovah Jireh. This is how he revealed himself through the Old Testament. Jehovah Jireh, I the Lord will provide. Jehovah Rapha, I'm the Lord that heals thee. Jehovah Nissi, I'm the Lord your banner or protection. Uh, Makadesh, I'm the Lord who sanctifies you. You don't have to sanctify yourself. I'm going to do it. You just trust me and believe me and thank me. I'm your peace, the Lord your peace. Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is our shepherd. He will counsel and guide us. The Lord, Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord is our righteousness. Oh, that's a, we're going to study that soon too. Righteousness, that's powerful. It's a force. And Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is present. He's always wanting to be present with us. And so it's a, it's a wonderful life when you have it with him. And that's, I just wanted to kind of get that off my mind the, to know where we're coming from that why we need to be saved and um, from what uh, our destiny would be hell without Christ. So I encourage you to receive Jesus Christ even right now afresh. Let's just invite him, Lord. We just invite you to come into our life. We want the power that that man's talking about. We want the power that you released at the resurrection. And we want to walk with you in your grace, in your mercy, in your power and manifest your glory. And we just thank you for that. We invite you to come into our lives and fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you. See you next time. Amen. What a great teaching. You know, Mary Jean's teaching from her book, Woman Imagine. Years ago when Mary Jean was asking the Lord what her position was in the kingdom of God, he revealed to her the woman's purpose, position, and power. And she's written two books, Woman Imagines being the latest one. And they're great for a daily devotional. 
are for a small ladies group, but if you'd like to get these, the address is on the bottom of the screen. I know they'll be a blessing to you.